We are praying weekly that people would say yes to Jesus. And in the midst of difficult times, God is intervening and God is wanting to speak. So let's continue to pray for people to say yes to Jesus over this next year. I'm praying for friends and family members uh, for the same thing. Also, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I just want to read a few quotes from him. A great reminder of an incredible man who did amazing things for the civil rights movement. And the work still is not all done. We must, here's some quotes from MLK. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great of a burden to bear. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Some great quotes by MLK, and hopefully we live out and emulate his life as he emulated and lived out the life of Jesus. Now today is week three of our series, Renew. And as we begin, let's read the Shepherd's Psalm together. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. You can read from whatever uh, translation you'd like. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I ask for a cleansing of this vessel, a filling by your Holy Spirit, a supernatural work through your word, the Bible, and the words of my mouth. I wholly and fully submit my will to you for what you want to communicate to your people for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Renewing our way, or you can make it a prayer, renew my way. Over the last weeks, we've been talking from the Shepherd Psalm, Psalm 23, about renewing our desires and learning contentment and renewing our soul by getting our soul back. And now today we are praying, God, renew my way, renew our way. Over the Christmas break, my family and I took a little trip to northern Georgia and got a cabin in the mountains. It was a beautiful cabin with an incredible view and we'd watch the sun kind of rise and set and we had a fire in the fireplace and, and it was just a relaxing, refreshing time. On certain days, we'd take little day trips and so we went up some mountains and waterfalls and to little quaint towns, but overall it was relaxing. One day we decided to go and go up the highest peak in Georgia, drive up it, not climb up it. And so we typed it in the GPS, got in the car and headed out. We arrived at the tallest peak in Georgia only to discover it covered with fog. So much fog, you couldn't even see to the end of the parking lot. Let me tell you, my kids were impressed after an hour drive to basically make one loop around the parking lot and then head on back down. Now, as we got ready to head back down, I typed in our home address or where we we're staying on the GPS, 
but unfortunately my phone didn't have a signal. And like any good navigator, I wasn't completely paying attention along the way because I was trusting the GPS. And so as we headed down the mountain, we had to kind of do a trial and error method. Should we take a right, a left? Should we go straight? Which way? And so as we headed out, we started doing that and it felt like we were getting farther and farther away from our actually destination we wanted to go to. Now, as we drove, we ended up in a spot where we actually were able to get a cell signal and typed it in the GPS and we did find our way home and found out that we were going the exact opposite direction of what we needed to be going. So we headed back in that right direction. It, it actually made me appreciate the old atlases and paper maps. I wish I would have had one that day. But it's the same with our lives. Oftentimes, we can think that we are headed in the right direction, but we can get lost. And the feeling of loss can be disorientating, and it unsettles you and causes anxiety. Jesus told the story of a hundred sheep, and that when this one lost sheep wandered off, Jesus went looking for it, calling out to it, pursuing it, saying, come back, follow me. I have a way for you. So I ask you, which way is your life headed? What is the way you are taking? What is your destination you are moving towards in life? And what are you hoping for when you arrive at that destination that you are pursuing? For some of us, the destination is very clear. We have life mapped out. We know the way we're going and what's going on. For others, we simply have a short-term map or way that we're looking at. It might be a short-term as the next weekend or just getting a job or just making it through the next day. For some, it might be getting that job or, or taking a vacation. But for others, you might even have longer-term destinations in mind. You might have destinations like graduating from high school, college, buying a car, marriage, family, retirement, and all these destinations are good and good things to pursue, but none of them are meant to be our final destination. So I ask you, where are you headed? Just this last week, I traveled to Wisconsin to celebrate my grandma's 100th birthday. It was an amazing time with five generations and seeing God's faithfulness through my grandmother. Now, when we flew out, our flight was delayed. And then on the way back, our flight was delayed too. And my cousin uh, showed me an app that I could download to not just track the delay on my flight, but to see where that plane was coming from throughout the whole day. I discovered on the way home that the, that the plane we were going to fly started in Reno, Nevada, went to Las Vegas, then on to Milwaukee, and then finally to Baltimore. And what happened was there was a delay on the first leg of the trip that had delayed every other one. I imagine on those airplanes as they took off, as those people left Reno, they probably heard something of, thank you for flying with us. And if your final destination is Las Vegas, please collect your bags. If it's not, please continue on to your final destination. And that would have happened again and again until finally at Milwaukee, they said, thank you for flying with us. Baltimore is our final destination. Please gather all your belongings at the end of the trip here. Now, many of us act like the layovers are our final destinations in life. 
We act like those things that if we only accomplish these temporal things, that will satisfy. But in reality, your final destination is not graduation. It's not a career. It's not money. It's not marriage. It's not kids or family or retirement or comfort or organizing your life or getting a certain letter or number after your name. These are all temporary things that will never satisfy, but can be part of the journey, but not the end. Donald Miller talks about our life being a story, a narrative. And each moment and day and week and month is writing this story, moving towards a final destination. But if we don't know what that destination is, it's very hard to write the story every single day. In Psalm 23, we are told in verses 2 and 3 that God is leading the way for his sheep. In verse 2, we read, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. And we can hear the leading of God on a good way. We then read in verse 3 that he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. As a follower of Jesus, do you realize that you are not meant to lead your own life? The good shepherd is meant to be the one who we follow. The good shepherd is the one leading, guiding, directing, renewing in the right way. In our contemporary culture, there's a hesitancy to call anything right or wrong, except intolerance. But even in the statement on intolerance, there's a statement of right or wrong, that to be intolerant is wrong and to be tolerant is right, thus putting absolutes back into the play of right and wrong. Across the pages of the Bible, we see there are actually right and wrong ways to go. And when we read in Psalm 23, we see that the assumption of a right way is also the assumption of a wrong way. Not all ways in Scripture lead to a rich and satisfying life in Jesus. Not all ways lead to God, and not all roads lead to Chick-fil-A, although many of us probably wish they did. There is a right and wrong way to go. And Jesus even framed it out calling this right way the narrow way in Matthew seven thirteen to 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus taught a narrow way, a narrow gate, a, a narrow life to enter the kingdom of God. And for the majority, Jesus said, they are not going to find it. They're going to miss this way. They're going to miss this gate because wide is the way, or a literal translation is there is a highway to hell that many people are on, and they miss the small, narrow way. There is a right and a wrong way to go, and we must trust God, the good shepherd, to be our leader to lead us in the right way. In the first century, as the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, and the gospel began to spread, there was a term that was called of early followers of Jesus. And it was stated by the Apostle Paul twice in the book of Acts, or three times in the book of Acts, the term was followers of the way. And a follower of the way would have not just believed certain things, they would have 
acted in certain ways and lived out their life in a certain way that when somebody looked at them from the outside, they would have said, I know that person is a follower of the way. Our lives should be lived in a way that people see Jesus and that our lives are different than the world around us. Jesus stated in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Growing up around the church, I heard this verse many times. And the majority of the time, it was talked about that Jesus is the only way to God and to eternity with him. And I believe that completely and fully. But I think what was minimized was that Jesus was the way here. Jesus was the life here. That it wasn't just about getting to the afterlife, but it was about all of life. Jesus is the way, not just in the end, but he is the way that we are meant to live in here. And a way is not just about the destination. It is about the journey along the way. The journey along the way gets you to the destination. And so the destination and the journey cannot be separated. You know, need both to actually get you to the destination. The way you live today, the way you live this week, this month, this year, gets you to a certain destination. So I ask you, do you know the way you are going? Do you know where your life is headed? And how is that being worked out on a daily basis? Now, when we talk about the Lord as our shepherd and him leading us in the right way, there are a few observations and takeaways I want to leave you with. The first is that God is the one who knows the way. God is the one who knows the best way. Since God is the one who designed you and I, and he is the one who knows the best path for you, it would make sense, but also take humility to admit that we don't know the way. And we need a guide for the way to be led by the good shepherd in the way. Second, we need to allow God to lead us as his followers. There's a difference between knowing the way and actually going in the way. We can know God's way and then we can live a different way or we can humbly accept God's leadership in our lives, partnering with him, following him to fulfill his purposes. Much is talked about leadership. But in the kingdom of God, we need to learn followership of Jesus, allowing God to lead us as his followers. Third, followership encompasses all of life. Followership encompasses all of life. In Psalm 23, since the word paths is plural and not singular, it points to following the good shepherd is not just meant for your spiritual life. It's meant for your physical, emotional, mental, the area of sex in your life, the area of relationships, the area of how you prioritize and use your money, the way you view politics, work, purpose, and more. All of life is meant to be lived out in following of Jesus. Followership encompasses all of life. Four, not all ways lead to the same destination, as I mentioned before. If you're trying to get to Florida, there's a certain way that you drive or fly or bus to get to Florida. There's specific ways you want to get there. 
If you're looking for healthy, whole relationships, there's certain things you practice in relationships for that. If you want to be healthy physically, there's certain things you do with diet and exercise to be healthy physically. If you want to have God lead your life to a certain destination, you must give him control and allow him to lead. If we are honest, many of us desperately cling to the illusion that we are in control of our lives, that we are masters of our own kingdom, makers of our own destiny, when in reality, we are not. Our lives are not meant to be centered on us, but they're meant to be centered on Jesus. Proverbs 14.12 states, there's a way that appears to be right but in the end, it leads to death. We might even think we're going the right way, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going the right way. I've heard it said that the most dangerous being in your life is not Satan, is not culture, is not some bad influence. The most dangerous person to ourselves is me. It's you. Because we can easily deceive ourselves, and get on the wrong way and convince ourselves it is the right way. If we're honest, we are not as smart as we think we are. We are not going as fast and as far as we'd like to. And the highway to ruin is broad and easy to travel on, but narrow is the way that leads to life. Jesus was clear. This is not the easy way to live. And even when you get on the way, you can get distracted and fall off the way. It's a constant recalibration to get and stay on the way. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 states like this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. Oftentimes we think of temptations as these big things that will happen to us. Tempted to steal from work, tempted to be unfaithful to a spouse, tempted to cheat in this way. But often the temptations are just subtle shifts in our life that over time ends up to a big change in our final destination. Maybe at one time you had strong desires for the Lord, but over time they began to fade into the background. God wants to renew our way. Maybe it's that desire to pray, that pattern of opening God's word, that pattern of serving and sharing Jesus, being part of a church. The pandemic has thrown being part of a church into an interesting conundrum. And for me, I value being able to go virtual like we do today, but there's nothing that replaces relationships where we share life together face-to-face, in person. And it's easy over time to get tempted, to get off the way for a variety of reasons. And then one day you wake up and, and there's this sense of hollowness, sense of disconnectedness from God and maybe other people that you were once connected with. What happened? What well, was the little bit of drifting and temptations, the subtle shifts that have led you off the way? Not all ways lead to the same destination. That is why we must renew our way. Let me remind you, God is the one that knows the best way to live. 
Allow God to lead you as his follower. And followership encompasses all of life. And not all ways will lead to the same destination. And my final thought is this. The way is meant to honor God. The way is meant to honor God. A life lived in the way of Jesus is not first about you. It's not first about me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's about him. And we are meant to live to bring honor to the name of Jesus. Our lives are meant to draw people to the majestic beauty and glory of the risen Christ. If your life, your way, is about building you up, about your brand, your platform, your comfort, your portfolio, if in the end it is all about you, people will only remember you and your legacy will die with you. But if you live a life for the honor and glory of Jesus, your legacy will outlive you. Because a life lived for Jesus with the good shepherd following him in his way, he will lead us to lives of abundance, wholeness, green pastures, service, beauty, investing in others and not just ourselves. He will lead you in the right path, bringing honor to his name. This last week when I was celebrating with my grandmother, her 100-year birthday, again and again, I heard people showing about how she invested in others for the sake of Jesus. It was not about her. It was investing her life in Bible studies, in jail ministries, in grandkids, in great-grandkids, in other people for the honor of his name. And no matter how long my grandmother is along for, if God takes her today or if she lives another 20 years or more, she will live for the honor and glory of Jesus and her legacy will outlast her. The way we are meant to live is a way that honors God. So I ask you, where are you going? And where, where are you going and what is the way you are taking? Are you going to allow Jesus to lead the way, the good shepherd are you going to follow him, letting him be the one, or are you going to try to choose your own way? Each moment, each day, we decide who leads our lives and the way that we are going. And for me, I choose to allow Jesus to lead the way. This means that I recognize that I am God's creation. And he created me for a relationship with him, but my tendency is to lead my own life and lead my own way all the way back to the beginning. And when I go into my own way, that leads me into sin and destruction and not life and life abundantly. And I am in desperate need of a rescue the same way that you are. And that is why Jesus came. He came to rescue us from the path, the highway to hell, the way of destruction and bring us onto a path of life and beauty of green pastures and still waters and renewal in the right way. And this belief carries us right now with a hope that renewal is happening here and a hope that in the end, there will be a full restoration at the end of the path. My prayer for you and for I is that God would renew our way, our daily way and the way we live 
and the way we interact and the way would be a way lived with him. Let's say the Lord's, let's say the shepherd psalm again together. As I stated before, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd of all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, good shepherd, may you renew our way. May we be led in those paths, those right paths, bringing honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.